I feel like I should do a little bit of an introduction on this one. It's, this is a special episode. Lay, lay it down, Evan. A collision of, of well, I was going to say two worlds, but it's actually more like, you know, a million worlds. Because I think our guest has, has kind of crafted a, a, over a million worlds, probably, through his work. Um, you might know our guest from films. Uh, like uh, Druid Gladiator Clone and Freaky Farley and uh, Monsters Marriage and Murder in Match Vegas and Don't Let the River Beast Get You and Local Legends and you and many more also and and you also might know him from the world of music from songs um, as the the very interesting and nice singer man or the sorry apology song person or the toilet bowl cleaners or his work with uh, in his his work in Moe's Haven as part of Moe's Haven, I should say. Um, but today, I think we are actually kind of going to address um, our guest, Matt Farley, um, primarily through the lens of his work as the passionate and objective Joker fan. Some real synergy going on here. Um, please welcome the greatest songwriter by volume, um, Mr. Matt Farley. Also, um, thank you. Also, self-proclaimed greatest songwriter of all time. We can widen that to say proclaimed <laughs> greatest songwriter of all time, Matt Farley. Thank you. Yeah, well, I am a card-carrying member of um, the Jokerman fandom, um, and I-, I love it. Ah. Oh. I, I it's I I've got Joker men fever. I mean, I'm not joking. I wake up in the morning and it's like, ooh, extra extra. The the hut off the presses. Let's find out what 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 Ian and, and Evan have to say about the Bootleg Series <laughs> Volume Two. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Our biggest fan, I think. I think that's. I mean, there's a, there's some contention for that title. I don't know. You're making a, a strong case, I think. I just think the two of you are on. I, I just feel like I'm listening to like me and, and my, my buddy Tom talking about Dylan when we were in college. You know, it's it's just the same mix of like a reverence and, and ir- irreverence at the same time. You know, it's just it's the, it's perfectly walking the line. And you guys make all these great just like offhand allusions to, to other things. And your vocabulary is fantastic. So, um, so I'm a fan. Now, your opinions. I mean, well, well this is this is what we were going to get into today. I think <laughs> that's. Um, I'm Evan, by the way, and uh, joining us always is Ian. Ian, we're what were we just talking about? How are yeah our bad opinions? Yeah, um, yes, that we have bad opinions. Um, we we are not always right in the eyes of the Lord. Me. In Matt Farley, and uh, <laughs> I think that the basically I I didn't we don't have such a plan for this yeah. episode other than to examine a work that you have made your 2008 yeah. I believe album. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say yours. It's actually the, the passionate and objective Joker fan is yeah. the artist. Yeah. This album called I Love Bob Dylan. And uh, so there's a lot, I think, that we can get into via just your It's a good springboard. Yeah, it's a good springboard for just the the general conversation that I think we're going to have here. Absolutely. um, I'm going to 
I'm going to assume your first question was why, you know, and I'm going to answer it right now. And um, I, I made this realization around that time that the key to making it in, in, in the music industry is to write songs that are easily searchable um, mm. for people. And so I was in the process of doing that and r- writing songs about very specific topics that I, I just kind of guessed people might start searching. And I was I was taking a walk, and then it struck me, and I was like, "But like, well, I'm I love Bob Dylan, and <laughs> why not do a whole album about him?" And then when people are searching for Dylan, if they're digging deep into the bottom of the search, they're gonna find like a better version of Blood on the Tracks, and they're gonna say like, "What is this?" You know. And um, I've since <laughs> been I've been shut down though, like. There's a new rule uh, at all the music uh, streaming sites. You can't put a famous musician's name in a song title. And uh, really, I'm pretty sure. I'm. Sh- I think like in the hallways of Spotify, that's called the passionate and objective Joker fan rule. Right. I, th- I think I inspired it. But um, <laughs> luckily, I've written about every major uh, musician of the last century uh, anyway. So. You, you've written a lot of songs. You actually have one of my favorite songs of yours, which is the Jonathan Richmond song, which oh, nice. I, I, I find to be like a, an amazing meta uh, object in a lot of ways because Jonathan Richmond is a pioneer of writing songs about other musicians himself. Uh if anyone was going to write one about him, you know, you, you're, I believe you're the only one who's ever done that. Yeah. Yeah. We're both from Massachusetts and, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I didn't know Richmond until someone heard some of my songs and said, that reminds me of him. And then I heard him. I was like, oh yeah, I like this guy. Yeah. But, that's, um, that's must be something in the water in Massachusetts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. Is what's going to happen when you guys get through Dylan? I mean, is it going to be Lou Reed? You know, for a while I was thinking it's going to be Lou Reed. But I mean, I see no, I I don't want this to end is what I'm saying. Like, uh, just so you know, if, you know, (laughs) keep it going. We've got a lot. Well, thank you. But, you know, I mean, but Ian, you, you have been keeping the books a little bit tighter than I have, but I think. We have plenty. We've got we've got enough Bob material to get us through twenty one. I think at least. But yeah. Then, but know, I'm already I, worried. I'm already worried about twenty two. Yeah. Twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll have to, maybe we will just embark. Maybe Jokerman series two will just become a Matt Farley podcast because yeah. that'll get us through decades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I won't stop you. I won't stop you. But I mean, um, you know, there's there's oh, and Van Morrison too. I mean, uh, I. I I loved all the van talk. Well, yeah. I've had the idea to do a van one, but but I think it would be kind of like a lonely enterprise. I don't know if I could drag Ian along to do a Van Morrison podcast. Yeah, the van pod, we might we might need to wait until like Evan and I split over creative differences and then he'll go solo <laughs> and do the van pod and then I'll go solo and do like oh, a yeah. Warren Zevon yeah. pod or something. And it, and we're both like, you know, graying and just kind of making like bitchy remarks about the other just like yeah oh yeah really channeling all of our like emotional issues through our like podcast (laughs) that'll that'll be great well i'm just like you know 47 just like talking about uh summertime in england this song this song is right up there 
with anything on Astral Weeks. And fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you, Ian, for not seeing that. I I, I have tr- much like with Joni Mitchell, I can't get past like roughly nineteen seventy five for Van. But wow. I think Veden I think Veden Fleece is uh is his best uh album. It's a masterpiece. I'm a different type of Van man. I, I love mainly I love the the eighties stuff. <sighs> What was it about the eight? I mean, oh, and Dylan in the eighties. I believe that's one of the Van carried himself so much more uh, gracefully oh, yeah. through the eighties than Dylan. Yes, but yes, but we'll, all we'll, of them. We'll get into the eighties, Dylan, um, naturally as we start going through the album "I Love Bob Dylan" by exactly. Matt Farley. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's let's go. What? How's it? Uh, what's the first song? The first track. Expecting rain.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, for one, I mean, I've been going to expecting rain since like 1996, you know, and just like, it's like the n- most important news feed um, uh, that you can have. Uh, and maybe it didn't start in 96, but mid 90s, whenever it started, I don't even know. But part of it, part of writing that was if I write a song about expecting rain, maybe they'll post about it on the site. So it was a very um, self-serving decision, but uh, I think it's a great, uh, great source still is to this day. And um, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, on the website? I'm familiar with expecting rain. Yeah. I can't say that I visit it too often. Um, You know, I feel like it's, it's uh, uh, sort of a, sort of a, a relic or like kind of an example of like what fandom on the internet used to be that has kind of faded out of, out of, um, style in, in this day and age, you know, like it's such a, like a, a deep well with so many like uh, reviews and like resources and stuff, but it's all like written material and contained on this one website. And now like this, like this is what Bob Dylan fandom is in 2021. It's, it's, uh, I, I really like it as sort of like an object of like internet 1.0 fandom uh for for people like bob honestly i wasn't really that familiar with it until i heard your song matt nice so it uh worked in in mysterious ways where where your song just hoping to get featured on the site actually was the first time i even really uh, heard of it and they've got like discussion forums and stuff like really kind of original internet kind of shit with like this extremely low res banner that like doesn't even fit the page up there up on the top i like i love this kind of shit it's so like quaint and beautiful to me so many bob dylan fan outlets of all kinds including of course something we talked about a lot like the the bootleg albums that fans make it's kind of like very handcrafted it's made by people who basically like learned the internet and learned like burning cds and stuff just because they cared this much about bob dylan (laughs) like that was the thing that made them decide well i guess i gotta learn the internet i guess i gotta figure out uh how to how to edit photos because i need to put out bob's material I think it's a great example of the uh, culture that really exi- that seems to exist and has existed since very early I th- I on. I think it is one of the, like, like, as far as, like, fans, like, talking with one another, I think it is kind of the central spot for that. Like, Bob's Boots, obviously, is sort of a compendium for all of, like, the bootlegs and these weird fucking, like, uh, records that Evan always digs up and posts uh, pictures of. Uh, but, like, I think those two are kind of like, this is 
This is where you go to talk about it. And Bob's Boots uh, is where you go to find uh, Bob Dylan Sensei uh, or uh, uh, Positively 50, East 52nd Street. Or um, uh, what's my Absolutely Sweet California. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's something just kind of like sincere and um and genuine and quaint uh and like naive about something like expecting rain. It's a style of of posting, uh, frankly, that that has has gone the way of the dodo uh in this day and age and uh I'm a fan of it. But it's still going. That website is still very active. Still going. Yeah, there's a there's a post from uh 2 weeks ago. Uh it's about a thousand words long about Froggy Win and Corton. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that rules. <laughs> okay, uh, controversial. Uh, just I'm just throwing this out there, but I'm sorry. Good as I've been to you, better than World Gone Wrong. Wow, it's it's mm. it feels war- it feels warmer to me. Um, I, I let tomorrow night is just so good j- into this crooner um, thing. Oh, you won't that, hear uh, me slandering tomorrow night. You're that's that's a good song. Tomorrow night is great. Just everything about it, even even the cover art. It just feels warmer and more cozy. Where there's something a little. Uh, and, and and not to say dark is bad, but just if, if I, I'm much more apt to listen to to good as I've been to you. And you know, Froggy One and Corton is great, but I think those two those two albums are. Uh, I'd go three for good as I've been to you, and two for uh, World Gone Wrong. Just wanted wow. to get wow. that out there. Yeah. All right. Already dishing out the three stars. Yeah. Already hitting us with the stars, and already giving us some controversial uh, opinions. I mean, this yeah. is uh, <laughs> incredibly valuable stuff because uh, I see I see your point with that uh, with regard to that. Although I, I I suppose it just is a difference of opinion, but I warmer is a good way to describe uh, what what's good about um, good as I've been to you for sure. But uh, expectingrain.com, this first song on your record, yeah. Just to bring it back to that, I I think it's a, it's it's a great opener. It really it, it introduces us to this character of Bob Dylan, um, and uh, and to your relationship with with Bob. Uh, yeah, yeah, as a fan, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. What's all right? What's next? What's the next song? I I should know. Well, we've got, we're, we're going to go right into some controversy here Ooh. off the bat. Yeah. Uh, a better version of Blood on the Tracks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's. This is a ballsy title. Uh, <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> and it contains I mean, some ballsy claims. All right. Let's talk. I mean, um, let's break first it down. Off, first off, the New York sessions, much better than the Minnesota sessions. I mean, there we go. The New York sessions are just like uh, pristine and ju- just immaculate whoa way to go and then like then he goes to minnesota and it's like like suddenly he's like i want to sound a little more like gordon lightfoot and i love gordon lightfoot you know he's Mm, great mm. but it really just feels like like come on bob man you know like uh uh, have you heard sundown you know like come on (laughs) like and and where he was just pure bob in new york and then um and then, and then I don't, it just felt, it just feels uh, try, trying to be a little hip with the, uh, the Minnesota stuff. That being said, of course, you know, uh, um, of course the, the Minnesota stuff is still good. Idiot wind, um, the, uh, the rage, I love the rage, but if I'm going to take the rage, any rage, I mean, I'm going to take the, um, hard rain version of idiot wind over any of them. Um, because I mean. He's just screaming through all of Hard Rain, and I'm sorry, guys. You Another, you disagree with us it. on Hard. 
That's three another star, disagreement here. Three star okay. album, wow. Hard Rain. Wow. I, I can't I can't get enough of it. And then thanks to you guys, I learned about um the fact that you can watch the the TV special on YouTube, mm. I, I've watched it a couple times since then. Yeah. It is yeah. so on, good. On it's our so episode where we said that it was bad, we also just shared like, the, <laughs> the beautiful knowledge for all the people who think it's good that you can watch it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I love I, the the screaming. Yeah, I see what you mean about the New York versions, Ian. You're obviously you're way more uh, just outwardly hard on your sleeve partial to the to the new york version absolutely i'm a i'm a new york partisan i'm i'm right there with you matt um and i think there's actually kind of like uh thinking back to a little bit of what we talked about with rado on the time out of mind session or time out of mind episodes um i think rado mentioned something about bob like not like liking to be captured or something and i think i think that's exactly why he did the re-recording in minnesota is because he was he was overly conscious about how much he was captured Mm. on the new york sessions uh, and it was so naked and raw and immediately just like kind of right there for the world to see. And so by by bringing in this band and kind of gussying it up and making it sound a little bit more like Gordon Lightfoot, which is a great comparison. Yeah, that's a, a great uh, point. I, the Gordon Lightfoot thing. I've never really thought about it that way. Yeah, but it totally makes sense. Um, you know, he he like by doing that, he he himself becomes less captured on the record. It's he, he's more obscured, I think, behind the sound at that point. Yeah, I mean, because because the New York version of um, Tangle Up in Blue and uh, and Idiot Win, I mean, that just you just I mean, that is just purely just like uh you know Un- it's so pure it. yeah right down to the fucking coat buttons on the guitar yeah for the listeners who maybe have i mean it's astonishing to me that you haven't heard a better version of blood on the tracks by the passionate and objective <laughs> joker fan but in this song <laughs> uh the joker fan sort of um paints a an alternate literally just gives you a track by track <laughs> idealized vision <laughs> of of the album blood on the tracks like handpicking different versions to com- make a, a fine a coat of many colors you know stitched together with love and care uh to create th- the perfect album the key is get rid of the lily rosemary and the jack of hearts why is that uh, why is that why does that song exist how did that make the album oh um, and up to me gets cut up to me gets cut i i have a theory about the lily rosemary and the jack of hearts which is that one of the first people that dylan played the the music uh for this album too was um shell silverstein she was shell silverstein and i can right. imagine shell silverstein gassing dylan up about that song <laughs> Just ooh, be like, ooh, Bob! I love that. I love the Jack of Hearts. More of that. More. Bob's of that. on uh, on Shell Silverstein's houseboat. houseboat, and just uh, Shell is like that song. There's something about that Bob that is just so fucking sick. That is so cool. <laughs> Sketchbooks and and reams of paper about like uh, you know poems about like eating your dog or like the house <laughs> blowing up because you, you you didn't do your homework or whatever his poems are. But I mean, up to me. Why? Who that? Uh, forget about series of dreams, guys. The, wow. the worst the worst mistake that Bob ever made was not including up to me up to on me the track. really but up to me seems to my uh, mind it's like um it's not that it's bad but uh, I just think it's a choice that he made to change the flow of the record because up to me is kind of a reprise or a a, a variation on um 
what what was the other song that it's it's sort of rooted in? It's uh, it's a shelter a half, from the it's storm. Shel- yeah, bit. yeah. It's got yeah, kind exactly. of shades of that. So I, I guess it's it's almost to me like a framing device that he just decided maybe didn't um, work. But obviously, you you disagree, and I wonder what you think, uh, Matt, about the the situation where Dylan's brother told him you got to. Like he basically did the I don't hear a hit, Bob. Yeah, to him, his to his own been, brother. He'd been listening to to Gord's Gold. The brother had, and he's like, Bob, <laughs> Bob, Bob, listen. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, I do have a theory that every album needs a bad song. So um, that's interesting. So I'll I'll let it um I'll, like Lenny Bruce um on Shot of Love, which is the oh. only bad song. Yeah, I said you. It. Yeah, we've already had some hot takes uh, so far, and and I think we we've got some more hot ones coming up. The, hot ledge, shot of love material through the air. Can you believe he wrote the lines? I rode with him in a taxi once, only for a mile and a half. It felt like a couple of months. Couple of like, months, oh my yeah. god, Bob, you're the you're the voice of a generation in this this awful ode to Lenny Bruce. I I can't like. Wow, it it gives me such faith, such faith faith as a songwriter. I'm like, well, if Bob can get away with something that bad, you know, I, I can at least be as good as Bob at, at his worst. That's something I'm proud of. I wouldn't say that he got away with it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's being a little generous. I think we should include your version, um, the better version of blood on the tracks as a, a bit of a, in the d- description for this episode so that listeners right. can uh, piece that together. Maybe we'll even just put out a playlist of that. And oh, can, yeah. Someone, I, I can send someone actually made a playlist based on the song. So um, perfect. Yeah. We'll, we'll but, share um, that. Um, and then the, the listeners can realize that that was, that was the right choice. Hey, Oh, uh, I'm all over the place. I'm all uh, forgive me. Just I've been brimming like I've been talking for, I've been listening to you guys since whenever and um all these things I want to tell you. It's it's crazy. Um are you guys familiar with uh Abandoned Love that song? Abandoned Love. Um, oh, Abandoned from, Love. Abandoned Love. It's from the uh Desire Sessions. I just wanted to to point it out to you. Um it's really good cut off Desire. And um, it should have been on the album. It, it was released on Biograph, the 1985 like box set that that it has right. sounds yeah. familiar. I think I've heard it, but I I couldn't place it off the top of my head. We kind of skipped over Biograph. We couldn't figure out what to do on that one because like like it didn't make sense to do a whole episode on it because two thirds of it was just songs that we had already talked about on actual records. Yeah. But then there was a bunch of shit that came out on it, but that didn't end up coming out like on uh, bootleg sessions, like Caribbean Wind, for instance, which we totally skipped over. Uh, it's on Biograph too. Um, so so yeah. Um, Abandon Love, uh, another great one on Biograph. Just wanted to point that out to you. I, I, it's a great great song. You you're a fan of the uh, Desire era stuff. I I am. I love I love just the sound. You know, like and, exactly. And, and that's the thing with with Shot of Love too. Is is like the sound. And 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 Bob Bob has said in interviews, he's like. Man, we we got that sound there, and um, and and I I hear it like, but but I mean, um, I'll I'll confess the sound of desire is better uh than than the sound of shot of love, but um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, 
you know, I mean, J- Joey just drives me crazy. They're like, Joey. Like, oh, God. Ele- yeah. 11 minutes of Joey. But um, I'll, I'll let it go. I, I was unaware of, like, the end of... um. The one where he's like, and then I just got up to get another beer. You guys like pointed out to me that like it, it was kind of like Diamond Bay. Like the ending was just kind of like I don't care about what's going on. And right, who, that that's awesome. That, that made <laughs> who it gives even a better. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song is that. That's definitely Black Diamond Bay is definitely one that is like doesn't really pop up on the the top of most people's minds when they think of Bob's you know greatest material. But I think that's a like a fantastic like really clever kind of fun like weird oddball song it's kind of a better critique of like television and media than you get in bob's exclusively television based song uh tv talking blues Um, (laughs) which is which is shocking that you know a whole song where bob was just focused on you know marshall McLuhan style on the on the tv yeah doesn't turn out to be one of his best another question you guys in your research did you hear that time out of mind was inspired by a, a brief love affair with raquel welch no no i was one i was asking about that on the time out of mind episodes like what was going on with his love his love life at that time yeah, so he was raquel had a brief welch. dalliance with raquel welch <laughs> this is something that i possibly read on expecting rain like 20 years ago so don't you know I, I, it's not necessarily a valid um uh, source, but I, I I'm going with it. I read this one rumor on the internet, and I completely believe it. And that just gives uh, time out of mind a, a, that much more um, gravitas, you know? Yeah, Jesus! I, I literally just googled it. Bob Dylan, Raquel Welch. The second result is expecting rain. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just one person just posted it. It's probably not true, but wouldn't that be great? Uh, this is the Daily Dish on uh, uh, on expecting rain from February twentieth, nineteen ninety eight. Bob gosh. Dylan has inspired a lot of rumors in his day, but Daily Dish just heard one that takes the cake. Would you believe that Dylan's admittedly brilliant but extremely dark and bitter album "Time Out of Mind" was inspired by his failed relationship with one million years BC poster girl Raquel Welch? <laughs> Yeah, well, we found it hard to swallow too. But Welch's spokeswoman gave us what sounds like a non denial denial. Quote, a lot of people have called me about this, she said, choosing her words carefully. I'll tell you what I've told everybody. Raquel and Bob are friends. Whether or not she inspired those songs, you'll have to call him. Raquel has absolutely no idea who they're about. Bob was friend-zoned. Incredible. He was trying to go on that fantastic voyage with Raquel Welch. <laughs> not since the, uh, the A&R lady um, from uh, Columbia. Yeah, and right, so uh, heartbroken. Yeah, right. Wow, you're just you are just bringing the heat tonight <laughs> with the the takes and with the incredible factoids, Raquel Welch. <laughs> I love this. The next song here um, on on the uh, album "I Love Bob Dylan" <laughs> is uh, a song about an album which we gave one uh, star out of three, and you give uh, three stars. Um, with with no apology and with great force is that right with with your song about hard rain parenthetical title bob dylan's screaming years nice uh it, i i i haven't listened to this album in years so you i'm i'm be, like each time you bring something up i'm like wow i agree with that but of course i do because it's me but uh yeah i have hard rain on vinyl and 
I just love it. Like Shelter from the Storm is just so revved up, and um, and that and, version of well, Shelter that from version the Storm is, is really good. It's the best thing on Hard Rain. And and much like um, you know, and I stopped to get another beer. You know, like he's every chance he gets, he's just he's gonna wait t- till as late as possible in the line, and then squeeze in all all the words before it gets to the oh, end yeah, of the yeah, end yeah. of it. Those and, phrases. And I, I have one question about this though: Is what what do you see in this that you don't see in uh, before the flood? Which is for my money is like the when I think of like Bob screaming and delivering like a you know going yeah. to eleven performance. I think of of that record, that yeah, era. Yeah, well, I like his screaming um, on that album when it's just him acoustically. But when it when the whole band is there with them, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel as loose and as energetic to me. Um, I don't know. Just the what, band what your, has. What are your thoughts on the band? Yeah, uh, they they have a muted quality. Like is, even in like Robbie Roberts or whoever does the lead guitar licks, it always feels a little like muted in the same way that um uh, Knopfler Knopfler kind of does too. And maybe Bob likes that sound because he goes to it a few times, but um, I, I, there's just something about it that that doesn't do it for me. In in the it, and I don't know. I describe it as just feeling muted, as opposed as opposed to on Hard Rain, which is just expansive. It's all going out. Um, but th- that version of Idiot Wind on Hard Rain is uh, there's this point um, w- one of the later verses where most of the music music stops and then you just hear the piano like pounding the, the chords for a little while. And it's like, yeah, I'm so happy right now. This is amazing. Like, Oh, give me more. Maybe I need to reappraise hard rain a little bit. Well, you know, when we, when we had Brian on to talk about it, uh, you know, he was also quite effusive about it. Yeah. I don't know if, are you familiar with that group, the lemon twigs? I, I looked them up. Um, after listening to the episode and it's good stuff uh like real poppy stuff right the the real long island sound yeah it was right in following in the footsteps old billy joel ah well uh, lou reed long island uh musician there's a lot a lot of guys from long island a lot of big guys it's true Big um, oh, and look, guys, um, I haven't even listened to the Budokan episode. It's the only episode I haven't listened to because I can't bring myself right now. Oh, wow. Knowing that from in other episodes, you mentioned that you like it. And I tried it. I, I, I tried it again recently because of you. And it's, oh, I cannot handle any of it. Just, oh, so bad. Um, I'm an enormous Budokan booster. <laughs> But that's because I'm sort of a booster of that, the whole like post-desire period up until we get to the Christian area, which I, I'm also still a fan of. But that, you know, the whole street legal, everything that was going on then is, uh, uh, can, I cannot praise highly enough. And Ian, you, semi- you like that way, way more than even I do. I mean, I, I sympathetically <laughs> gave it, I think, three stars because I figured, you know, like I'll ride or die. This is my friend and he's making a choice. And I'm going <laughs> to say. Go down with him. Yeah. There. I'll go down with the ship and it's a, it's unique. That's uh, what it is. But hard rain is one that I think uh, we, maybe you and I Ian, should just give another shot. I don't know that reappraise a little bit. Yeah. 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 
Well, this might be a good segue. We'll we'll kind of like slip right through the next song, uh, which is Bob Dylan is Wicked Funny, uh, which you're right. Uh, yeah, he, he funny, certainly is. Uh, but this is a good segue into, you know, the next uh, point of conversation with the next song uh, titled Anyone Who Claims to Like Self-Portrait is a Liar. <laughs> this is, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you both gave it three stars. Is that right? That's right. I, I think I gave it two initially, and then when we did the reappraisal, I gave it three. Evan, <laughs> yeah. Evan has been three. I'm all, the snob. All I'm the lying snob who has fake opinions <laughs> and and turns liking Bobby into a competition. So to, to quote you here, <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah, yeah, I. Well. That's me. Apparently, <laughs> let me just um, state my case. You know, I, I'm listening. Yeah, I I think that uh, it was a record that I found pretty boring. Um, or like I really wanted to like for a long time, but found boring. And I think at a certain point, I just kind of turned a corner where I realized that um, I just love that it exists so much. I love so much that it is uh, such a weird choice. But you also have said that he he has troll-like um, qualities. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. yeah. It's shining through in that album. Which So I, I think that the record can be read it a couple ways where it's like it, you can see it as sort of a cynical like fuck you type of thing but e- even if it is that I, I don't know if that totally checks out because there's so many moments on the record that just seem to be more about Dylan workshopping things and trying out uh, little sweet songs here and there and and it's it's kind of a nice potpourri of of different things which is what i like about it to the point that i i was charmed enough to give it the the big three the coveted three-star rating i i mean you guys have come up with something big with this three stars thing because it really it really like it makes you think a lot before making the decision you know like whoa I only have three to choose from. This is this is very difficult. So, congrats on that. Uh you know the I can I can recognize you know like you guys said in the episode, what he was doing there with like the crooning thing is 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 um, might have seemed out of left field at the time, but since he's done all these uh, covers records lately, um, you can see that this was in his blood from the start. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I, I get it, and I don't I don't hate the sound. Um, no, you just you know. hate you hate us, and you hate people who who <laughs> like the album. Well, I like to I like to provoke the contrarian take every once in a while. You know, it's almost the contrarian take to the contrarian take, right? Because the contrarian take is liking self portrait in the first place. So the so the contrarian take against that contrarian take is saying no. The contrarian take is actually bullshit. Self portrait actually does suck. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it it gets it gets mind boggling. But I liked uh, there were some interesting things on another self portrait though. That was uh, th- that came out after I recorded that song. So um, uh, another right, self portrait changes things. Like series ten. Yeah, you you wrote you made this album a long time ago. Barack Obama was just yeah. just a new fresh president. Yeah, had not even been inaugurated. No, he hadn't even saved the world yet. Um, and so we we had a lot happening at this time, and a lot was yet to happen, like uh, the, another self-portrait, one of the great bootleg series uh, releases. Yeah. yeah. So while, while we're here, um, 
I'll I'll listen to New Morning over Self Portrait. Um, oh, yeah. ten times out of eleven. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, I, I love Went to See the Gypsy, uh, The Day of the Locust. I mean, The Man and Me. Well, the Winter man, Lou, the man and me, the man and me is absolutely up there. The two songs you just named are in no way even in the same class as a man. And, the man and me is like up here, and and went to see the gypsy is like something that you scraped off the bottom of your shoe. <laughs> I love it. I, and then, uh, but build me a cabin in Utah, and later he rhymes it with like have some kids who call me Pa. Yeah, you know? that is. <laughs> um, nice. Um, yeah, no, I'm very happy. Uh, I, I'm a piano guy too. There's a lot of good piano uh, on on a new morning, but um, but I mean, when you say you described um, went to see the gypsy as something that he just like oh that, threw together, and meanwhile, I was being a little bit facetious there. It's a pretty good song. Meanwhile, you're championing like days of forty nine, which I I don't even hate so much, but like it literally sounds like he's like walking out the door. As he's recording the vocals, he's like, didn't couldn't stay in the room long enough to finish it. But yeah, but that um, song to me is, you know, it's it's going. Have you ever thought about the days of old, of the days of gold, in the days? <laughs> so often, I uh, what does he say? It's I like that song because it's just like, man, it's like getting, it's like someone who just like smoked a joint and it's just like, man, can you imagine what it was, being in the gold rush? <laughs> <laughs> or a little like little Sadie, like yes, sir. My name is Lee. I'm yeah. a little Sadie in first degree, second degree. <laughs> like, what is going on? But I see what you mean. Like, it's like this is insane. My brain is exploding. And then suddenly, for no reason, we have live tracks from uh, Isle of Wight. You know? Yeah, that's like, right. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's all over the place. It's like a, uh, a, our- a great you know mix. It's it's a it's like an appetizer platter. You get some wings, you get some mozzarella sticks, you get some... Yeah, southwestern egg rolls. Yeah, yeah, you get some jalapeno poppers in there. <laughs> Lettuce wraps. Hey, how do you guys know each other? Well, we met... That's a good question, uh, actually. We went to the same high school. Okay. We, but we were several years apart, actually. I was a senior when Evan was a freshman, All and right. I don't think we really even interacted in high school. Right, uh, but uh, Jonathan Rado, who was on our uh, recent episode, he... Uh, was a friend of mine and a friend of Ian's, and um, so was Sam France, who was also uh on on the podcast, and uh, I think we probably met through them. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, what's the next song? Bob Dylan, Otago Solo again. Yeah, don't you just wish? I mean, like you know, I don't even love Dark Eyes, but I appreciate the, the effort of. I'm mean, hey, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I love dark eyes. Well, well, I don't love dark eyes. I'm catching I'm a, a wind of a theme here, where where Matt Farley doesn't like songs that are a little showy. You don't like songs mm. that get too like poetically showy. I feel like Matt Farley, you like songs that are kind of meat and potatoes, like daily life type of music. Uh, that's what I've gotten from a lot of your music anyway. Like I was just listening to your record where all the songs are like my TV broke and uh, yeah. or like my, t- I need to get my drop my phone in the toilet. I need to get a new phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that maybe that there, there's something almost self-consciously, um, um, if dark eyes feels a little self-conscious to me, like let me write a song like, um, 
let me write a Bob Dylan song is what Bob might have been saying when he sat down mm. to write Dark Eyes. I, I'm not joking. I'd rather listen to I Ain't Never Gonna Be the Same Again. I, I love wow. <laughs> um, Empire. I, I, I like Empire Burlesque a lot, but more I, I prefer the sap like I'm I really like emotionally yours and um, <laughs> I'll remember you. Um, but anyway, uh, I appreciate the effort at the end of Empire Burlesque with just the acoustic guitar. And mm. um, but I and I like the the covers albums, but I would like um just some give me some original Dylan songs just on acoustic, like oh, like on the on Telltale Signs, um, the acoustic version of most of the time. It's uh, right. You like which that? I believe actually you got yeah yeah I know I think you guys prefer it with the uh, the uh, yeah, the cool Dan, no Daniel swamp swamped up. Yeah, I I liked it better when it was just um just I can see then I can see the same. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he makes it sound like a real uh like a song that's been around for like a hundred years on that version. It sounds like a classic right. like Appalachian yeah, folk tune or something. Like I would argue um that uh Lanois, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I'm it's too like especially in Oh Mercy, like the crickets, you know, it's like there's crickets, right? In Oh Mercy. Yeah, in on man, a in the, man in the Long Black Coat. There's right. man like, in long black it's coat. like yeah. a cricket like sound. I don't even know if it's there should not cricket. be crickets. Like Bob Dylan <laughs> is like studio wizardry in in Bob Dylan they just don't belong together. And uh, and series of dreams I think that's that's the thing with series of dreams. Series of dreams sounds like a U two song, sort yeah, of like in the, the production. It, and that that's what um th- that's why I think Bob was right to keep it off uh that album. So wow. well if I if I didn't admire you so much, Matt. <laughs> well, what do we want? We want a bunch of guys agreeing about everything. That's that's, that's no a fun. good point. Yeah. yeah I no, would like it if everyone just agreed with me and you know, I could <laughs> I could just have a podcast where it's three two other guys going, Yeah, that's right. Um Telltale Signs though. Oh, I can't wait till you guys get to that one. That is so Good, just some, like some great cuts on there, and some good cuts of series of dreams on there that that miss out on some of that uh, fancy production that you might like more. Yeah, there's a version of series of dreams on there that is much more clean, uh, production wise. Well, uh, and then uh, you mentioned the can't wait, um, the versions of can't wait on on that, and uh, mm-hmm. I like the the more stripped down one where just on the piano with like a a bass and some um, some like lead guitar, like ooh. Good stuff. I don't know what Lanois was thinking, claiming like this is the hit, you know? Like it's a great song. That's, I like yeah, it. That, but that's strange, yeah. Like it it's just like a good bluesy song. But um and you guys you guys time I love Time Out of Mind, of course. Three stars, no question. Standing in the doorway. Oh uh, uh, so good. Incredible. So good. But I I'm I'm leaning towards the bluesy aspect. Like I like dirt road blues. Um and <laughs> until I fell in love with you. I'm I've I've said it on Twitter. You guys were you guys almost blocked me. I but, know uh, you said that, but I, I, I want to ask you, Matt, like what I wanna understand. What are what are yeah. some of your like favorite records like that aren't Bob Dylan? Because when you told me you like you you're like no, you should get Bob should have cut to make you feel my love make you feel my love. not dark yet and uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. All, all the good songs you should have just cut. <laughs> when you like, told me that, I, I just wondered, like, well, maybe you just have a very different taste. Or it seems maybe maybe you just have a vision of what you think suits Bob Dylan that you like to see. It, it, that seems to be the case. Like, not dark yet. Again, it, it's got that Lanois kind of, like, sound, you know? It's like... Like that, I don't even, some kind of steel guitar thing. Like it just, it, it sounds produced. It sounds very produced in a way mm-hmm. that like, like lovesick just sounds more like guys in, in a room making a sound just with, you know, more, n- more reverb by, by Lanois. But, and, but, but also just like, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Like, oh, come on, Bob. I, you know, like I, it works on most of the time, but on, on not dark yet, it's like, like oh, a fifty-seven-year-old guy is thinking about um, his potential death. Wow, you know, um, and, and then trying to get to heaven before they close the door. It it really feels like Lanois was like Bob, knocking on heaven's door. Great song. Could, what do you, could we uh, can we do something with the door in heaven again? Maybe let's let's. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's Folks, a, yeah. That, Folks that, love their intellectual property. You know, well, that, just that's go what back I've, to the I've same said well. this before on the podcast that that's one of the great cameo appearances of that classic character, Heaven's Door, coming back. <laughs> and I, for one, love to see a return of that. That it's like a character actor who you recognize in a movie just showing up, and you're like, "It's Heaven's Door. He's he's there again. Heaven's there Door is, again. is back. Or they." You know, well, he he sh- he went to the well one too many times with that one. Um, I want him to do it um, again. Uh, next one, I want. <laughs> I just want like I'm back at heaven's door. And I'm back okay, at one one way or the other. Yeah, he's got to either triple down or not or not. Oh, how about you this? Know. Here's a crazy yeah. idea. What if Dylan's like Black Star? His final record is just called Heaven's Door. Heaven's Door, <laughs> and every song is about it. Like you know, um, Heaven's Door whiskey. Yeah. Um so anyway, um time out of mind, cut those three songs. Um and um and and, and I'd I'd honestly like it better. Um sure. Cold Irons Bound. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, your guy whoever was on Cold Irons Bound on, on um Under a Red Sky with you made a great point that there's like a track on that album that right. just completely Sam France, has yeah. that riff. Yeah. I had uh, I mean, oh, Under a Red Sky. Oh. So bad, huh? One star, yeah. one star. That's a real. That's, we can all agree on that right. one. That's a real stinker. That's okay. Yeah. Although I will say that the song was it cut from it or no? No, it's just the version that wasn't included is better. Um, of the one good song on Under Red Sky, which is uh, what's the name of that song? Born in Time. Born or, in Time. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Born in Time is. Born in it, Time. Well, that's because that's because that's an O Mercy outtake. Oh well, there you go. So never mind. I'm the red sky. Yeah, it maintains its one star. Um, and it's so funny to imagine, like, like is Slash, like, isn't Slash like in the studio at some point? And, like, allegedly, yeah, he, and, yeah. he was on Wiggle Wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wiggle Wiggle featuring Slash. I, I wonder if Slash was was who got Dylan back into wearing a top hat. That's a good point. Oh, okay. I think into wearing a top hat for the first time. I don't. Yeah, I don't no, think he was there's, wearing a top there's hat. There's old pictures point. from like '65, '66 where Dylan's like tooling around uh, Greenwich Village in a top hat. Really? Okay. Yeah, or like London. Um. Anyway, we can yeah, transition into this next song by talking about um 
you know, we're throwing a lot of bad opinions around a lot of opinions that aren't good and that don't hold any water and <laughs> we're hurting each other's feelings. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're shooting each other. Um, and, and I feel like this is something we, we don't want to be, you know, sometimes on a, on this show, I think we find ourselves kind of embodying something we don't want to be, which is a, a, a the D word, a Dylanologist. Dylanologist. And okay. this next song on your record is, is about the most famous Dylanologist. Oh yeah, yeah a name yeah. that nobody should self-apply. Uh, but yeah, AJ Weberman is the yeah, next song. Don't need a Weberman to know which way the wind blows. Yeah, <laughs> don't need a, the web. Yeah, the Weber Underground. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, but w- like I say in the song, we all kind of have it in us, you know, like. It's it's, it's a fine line. I mean, we're here. We are spending at least. It's already been an hour, and I got I got several more hours of hot takes to deliver. Um, and, and here we were worried this was a one episode uh, interview. <laughs> no way. Um. So yeah, we all have it in us, and um, and yeah, like, and it feels like maybe at Dylan's time you maybe don't know the price of fame as much like when you're becoming famous in the early 60s i don't know i don't it feels like it's more well known um you know in the collective consciousness that if you're um you're you're kind of you're asking for it when you become famous you know what i mean like um in a way right. that maybe Dylan wasn't uh didn't know what he was getting into so um yeah, you have yeah. a line in the song that's uh, about how he's it, Weberman is one of the reasons why celebrities are so um, timid now, or they or they're so skittish about being around the common folk. I would like to posit a theory that uh, the the reason why that is is not because of the uh, Tate Labianca murders of nineteen sixty nine. But actually, because of AJ Weberman, <laughs> yeah, uh, rifling through rifling the trash. through the trash. But it is such a unique story. I don't know if we've actually addressed it on the on the pod before. But AJ Weberman is sort of a really unique thing. Uh, where this this guy was just a fanatical Dylan fan to the point of distraction, and basically dug through Dylan's trash and. Um, they actually had some phone calls that are recorded where Dylan was kind of like un undo, like didn't need to be so patient with him, but actually kind of was until it just got too much. And, um, he, Dylan punched him physically. That's something. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking it up right now. I don't like, do you guys know, um, what what be he's still around. Yeah, he's still alive. Um Yeah. He's just a sort of a sad figure in a lot of ways. Uh but I think that your song is great, Matt, in that it points out that the sort of reason why I think he's so repulsive to so many is because we all recognize that there's a little bit of that that Weberman energy in being a fan of anyone to a to a strong yeah. degree. Yeah. Well, I try to fight against it um, by being um, outrageously available. I give out my phone number um, readily to to anyone who wants to talk to me. Um, <laughs> and usually people run out of steam. People call me a lot, but 
they're usually the ones ending the conversation. Um, so I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's an extremely daring move to just your Twitter or excuse and your your phone number is literally just in your Twitter bio. Yeah, and it's in many of my song lyrics too. So someone is listening to a song and suddenly they hear the singer's phone number, and then they dial it and then we talk. So it's, it's something. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a blurry line and um. You know, it's funny. So then Bob retreats, you know, to Woodstock. But then but then he comes back, you know, with the, you know, the, with the band before the flood kind of thing. It's kind of interesting just to think about, you know, like he was itching for it again, you know, by 1974. Right. Yeah. When did, when yeah. did you decide to put your phone number um, everywhere that like, <laughs> you are? Yeah, well, actually, I started that in college. I wrote for the college newspaper, um, and I would end every one of my articles saying, I am a lonely man, call me with my um, <laughs> my on-campus phone number. And, uh, and, and then I just, uh, I, I, I stuck with it. How many, how many calls or texts do you get, uh, you know, every, every week or month yeah. or however often? At least, at least one a day, for sure, you know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then we got like the regular, uh, that's not even really including like the, the people who are just like my friends now, you know, that I just, who check in with me. So at least one new person a day. Wow. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Joker, Jokerman Nation, uh, give old Matt Farley a ring, give him a text, give him a call. He would love to chat about Bob and how uh, Hard Rain is great uh, and how self-portrait is bad. 603-644-0048 is the number. All right, what do we got next? Next is Bob Dylan's uh, Born Again Period, which is... Uh, here we go. It's, right. about, here we go. it's about that time. So here and here we should mention, you know, traditionally it's the born again period is thought of as slow train saved and shot of love. But you you note in this song, I believe there's a lyric about how you you don't actually uh, uh, consider shot of love part of the born again period. You consider it its own its own separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it feels very different It's it, to me in sound and in just uh, attitude and, and everything. I, okay, so uh, I'm sorry. I I can't. I, I mean, God gave names to all the animals. You know, fantastic song, absolute yeah. <laughs> one of one of Ian's favorites. He loves that. He loves it. <laughs> I think I'll name him a cow. Like, see, I, this is what I don't understand, Matt Farley, is that you. You, I, I feel like it's a song that you could have wrote. You know, it's I like know. <laughs> this yeah. is it does act, it, it is the most like Matt the, Farley of the Bob Dylan songs. Of yeah, of every yeah. song we talked about. But it's that thing of you know sometimes when something's close enough to what you do uh, in your yeah. life, no matter who you are, it's yeah. like it's why we all get annoyed at somebody who's like kind of doing, kind of doing the kind thing we're similar, going for yeah. your own thing. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. so this one in the mirror. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I like the silly stuff. I like all I really want to do. I think that's a fun song. I, you know, um, um, that's a romantic um, song for sure. Um, but just the fact that he's going, woo, you know, like uh, that, that, that's a silly uh, choice there. But yeah. anyway, um, okay. So look, slow train coming. Just it's not. I always Nopler, Nopfler. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Nopfler. Nopfler. N o p f l. A lot of consonants in there. 
all due respect to um, the the songwriting and and the virtuosity of 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 Nop Fleur, um, I don't like I don't like that muted guitar, you know. And it, right, right. So it, wait, is he even on? It, it, he's on the first that first one, right? He's on Slow Train. Cover, yeah, he's right? yeah, he's he's kind of the the distinct sound on Slow right. Train. Yeah, and exactly. did he produce? Did he produce it too? Or is or yeah, no, he uh, or no, not, produced, not Slow Train, right? He produced no, for, um, infidels. Then, infidels. Right? Okay, exactly. Um, but it's that no, no. same sound to me. It's that that like it feels very muted. Like it was in a, a a room with no echo or something. You know, like just a lot of rugs everywhere. Or it just right. Yeah, it sounds technically kind of perfect. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Well said, Ian. Thank you. Um, it, it's too it's too perfect for me in terms of the um, just the the type of sound that's coming out, and. Um, uh, you know, gotta serve somebody, like, and just that whole late seventies style, like, uh, like Paul, Paul Simon, like, um, the One Trick Pony album, just like, it, it has that that same late seventies kind of schmaltz and um, over it produced in a, a specific way that just, I, I can't, I can't stand it. I mean, but I love the fact that Bob went in this direction. It is just hilarious and and the fact that he's up on stage like preaching to his audience you know and they're everyone's like like bob like play just like a woman he's like you gotta be saved and like oh it's great isn't that amazing yeah when he's like i told you that a hard rain was gonna fall i told you that it, <laughs> the change is blown in the wind and i'll tell you that you're gonna be saved Oh, you'll go. Oh, you will burn in hell. Rock and roll. You can go and see rock and roll. You can go see Kiss. You can rock Kiss. and roll yourself all the way down to the pit. <laughs> uh, what a sicko! So I love it. I love that it happened, but I can't listen to either one of those albums. Um, maybe uh, Precious Angel. I'll give a um, oh, Precious Angel is great, can, and it's a great tune. We love Precious Angel. I'll give. I'll give props to Precious Angel, but really, Covenant Woman is that one of the songs? I think. Yeah, Covenant got Woman a contract with the law. <laughs> <laughs> but then, in in 1981, oh this is your hottest take maybe so far. <laughs> Bob says bye bye to that muted gospel sound, and he just gets this a pure rock and roll sound. Potentially the biggest rock and roll, just like just rough edged rock and roll sound of his gosh darn career, guys. The just this big sound. He's the property of Jesus. Uh, Present him to the bone. But you, you, you just, got something. Yeah. You just said that you don't like this uh, preachy uh, bullshit. I think, but I think it's more it's more the sound and the vibe yes. that that you're focused on Thank than you. the lyrics. Property of Jesus, one of the most obnoxious of the Dylan Christian songs. <laughs> I kind of like it, like I I, I, I like it because whether it doesn't have to be um, a, a religious thing though, because the way that people will poo-poo someone for one, whatever it is, it applies. It's true. Like you. You might not be the property of Jesus, but it still applies for whatever, like outside of the the cool thing your opinion might be. No, that that's right. true. I mean, I th- I hope that we've Ian and I, I think we've expressed on the show that our our feeling about the the Christian years is basically that we like 
the uh, we believe him, you know, we believe oh, that he yeah. that he joking. was being earnest, and which I I think a lot of people look at those records and they they have that thing that is kind of unpleasant. This this reaction of like, well, this is stupid, you know, where I d- I don't think that that's the case. I think that he uh, was experiencing some kind of religious uh, uh, fervor that I, I think is actually genuine, um, uh, oh, which, yeah. which is Amen. better than better that than, you know, like just whatever we have today where nobody believes anything, it seems, you know, certainly or they're so, pre- uh, pretending to just to dwell on, on the greatness of that album a little bit more. Heart of Mine is a really good song. Just Heart of Mine is great. great. I'm with you on that. And I love the production, you know, it, because I like the thing I like that, that Bob seems to like is like, let's just get in here and hit record and make it happen. You know, the, all the stories of the musicians who didn't know how many verses it was going to be. They just kept playing it and trying to follow his lead. And <laughs> it, and like there is a, a magic to, to to that approach as opposed to just like going over. Frankly. Uh, Slow Train Coming sounds like they got it perfect, whereas Shot of Love sounds like they were just in there. That's and true. I don't. Who knows if the, they're just banging out? They're banging out. Are the I don't know if the backup singers were there for the original take or it was dubbed, but it sounds like they were all just in the room and just like it was just big. Sh- shot of Love shot has of a love. it has a real three dimensional quality to it. Like every time I listen to Heart of Mine, I kind of hear a different. Uh, little piece of the instrumentation it it really does have kind of a great spontaneity to it and it has a a a feeling of like everybody doing their part and i i agree that it's it's really nice like textural listening experience it's 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 one of the best songs on that record for sure in the summertime is a, a really good song um and and then i mean every grain of sand is uh is oh, fantastic yeah. as I, we've covered. Yeah. I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll go back and forth. I, I I'll take the shot of love version over the dog version, but the dog version right. is real good too. How about, uh, how about, how about, uh, another, another entry in the, sort of the Jokerman canon, uh, uh, the great, uh, watered down love. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm just having a good time. I'm just bopping around with it. Yes, you do. You know you do. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce is the one awful song. Water Down Love is the second worst song on the album. I'll give you that. I respect Water Down Love in the in the way that I respect like an insane person doing some kind of like show for money, like on the subway, like, I'll, you know, I'll say, okay, like this is, <laughs> you have something. Here. But look, I'll take it again. And, and uh, clearly I'm, I'm big on the, like, and like you guys are on the vibe and just like, but like the sound, like I want this. And, and I don't know, like the terminology of, of music, but just like, I want the sound to go out, mm. not in, you right. know, and it goes, it goes out in, um, in hard rain. It goes out in a shot yep. of love. It comes in in infidels. And, um, and what a shame because obviously Joker man is such a great song, but I'll like the, your introvert, the version on Letterman, even with the, uh, harmonica folly, 
still leaps and bounds ahead of the um the the studio yeah, version. To, I think. to me, and I think to Ian, the Joker Man on uh, Infidels, I mean, is the best thing on that record by far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I it, I actually think that I, I sympathize with this idea of the music need, wanting it to go out where it feels like, like maybe the record itself, the recording can't contain what's happening uh, performance wise. And, it, yeah. and right. so you, it, it fires up your imagination a little and it makes it a little bit more like um, invigorating, a little bit more activating. Whereas, uh, a lot of the time when it feels like it's perfect on record, it's like this kind of sterile thing that, that you just kind of observe. But the yeah. Joker the Joker man on that record, I think It transcends the production, yeah. Yes. I think I think as with Idiot Wind and Tangled Up in Blue, how we have the Minnesota version and we have the New York version, it, there there's room enough in this world to have the Letterman New Wave Joker Man, and there is also uh, plenty of room for the reggae, uh, you know, kind of uh, you know technically vibe driven Infidels cut of Joker Man. You know, some some songs there deserve to be two three yeah, versions. Of. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So that's good. Um, what what do we got next? Well, I think this will be the last side of, you know, this is, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I love Bob Dylan was ever pressed on vinyl to the best of my knowledge. Uh, but <laughs> we'll call this the end of side A. Uh, this will be track nine of 18. Yeah. Uh, 18 and this songs. was actually, you, <laughs> you pack them in. Uh, this was actually, this was a new discovery to me. Uh, I didn't know anything about this until I heard this song, a uh, track four on Bob Dylan live in 1996. Oh. Okay. Right. So, have you found it? So, I, I was trying to find I was trying to find it and I listened to a version of uh Boots of Spanish Leather from 96, but I couldn't be sure it was the right one. It's yeah, it was a four-disc thing that you could get at an independent record store like um there was some sort of promotion. Like a promo yeah. EP or something with the record. I'm not even sure I have it anymore, sadly, but um it was just four tracks, right? Yeah, four tracks, exactly. Yes. I can't even remember the other three, but um, just Boots of Spanish Thin, Leather. Thin Man was one of them, I remember. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, so we got so we got uh, track one, My Back Pages, track two, Tombstone Blues, mm-hmm. three, Ballad of a Thin Man, four, Boots of Spanish Leather. There we yeah, go. well, I say it in the song, but just, like, it is so good, and he has extended, like, um, guitar solo breaks between verses, and they're... They're perfect. It it's just it's an acoustic version, uh, as it should be. And just like the, the delivery is perfect. And as I say in in the song, I just I weep um because it, it is so good. Wow. So uh check that out if you can. I don't I haven't necessarily I don't think I've found it online either. So um it it, it should be out there somewhere. We we gotta find it because I wanna close this episode with that. Yeah, let's let's go out with it. I I haven't heard any of it myself either, but I'm looking at the uh, the Discogs uh, entry for it, and this is wouldn't you know we've got the great Winston Watson on uh, on the kit on this one. Yeah, this would have been that great like mid '90s band uh, that you might see in like the Woodstock '94 performance, for instance. Uh, recorded live, House of Blues, Atlanta, Georgia, nice, August third and fourth, 1996. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, uh, I I saw Dylan about twelve times between wow. like '94 and and '06, and oh. um. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've I, I've only got three on under my belt. I've only got a single solitary one. Yeah, you guys are putting me to shame. 
Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can dive into that a little bit here in uh, in a second. Uh, when once we once we pick this record up and flip it to side B. Thank you for joining us for this part one of our exploration of the work of the uh, passionate and objective Joker fan, uh, also known as uh, Matt Farley. Next time, we're just going to do the next nine uh, songs on here and have nine more discussions, give or take, about Bob Dylan, about life, and about the music and work of Matt Farley, one of the, the I'm sorry, the greatest uh, songwriter of uh, all time. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. All time. All time. Jokerman. Saying I don't know when I'll be coming back again 
Spanish leather. 